for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again. It's another early morning for me, but you know what? That's all right, because I love it. Um, we have another special guest with us here this morning. We have Nia Nichols, all the way from the UK. How's it going today, Nia? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing amazing. Like, it's, it's starting to become summer here, so it's, like, warm outside, and I can actually hear the birds chirping. They're, they're kind of cutting into my sleep a little bit because at like seven in the morning, I can hear all the birds chirping right out of my window and they don't know when to stop. So that, that gets yeah. a little annoying, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a great day and I'm just happy to be here. So. Awesome. Same. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's always interesting because I feel like when I do these early morning podcasts, especially with an artist from the UK, I always feel like we're at different parts of the day. So our energy levels are already really different. So like you're in the middle of the day and you're going and you're, you've been awake for a while and your energy levels like here and I'm just getting up. And so my energy level is climbing. So we'll see a really interesting podcast where it's like, I start off where I sound like I'm a little tired. And then as I start to wake up, it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But so, <laughs> uh, but let's kind of start from the beginning here. Um, what originally got you into music? Well, I think I've always loved music. I think ever since I was four years old and my teachers would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I always thought I wanted to be a singer. But it wasn't until I was actually about eight years old when my mum bought me a Dolly Parton record and I heard Applejack for the first time. And I just knew I instantly wanted to be a country singer and I wanted to be a songwriter. And at the time as well, Taylor Swift was coming through. So she played a really big part in like, you know, my growth as an artist. And from then on, I ended up learning to play guitar and writing my own songs and gigging. And that's kind of how it, came about awesome awesome it's interesting that so like there's so many uk artists that we talk to that for that taylor swift is like that catalyst that got them in into music she is still so young but i forget how long she's been in the music business because just thinking back at it i remember when i was just starting school or college and I was working as a janitor and I would hear her like original like first album first couple of songs come on the radio and we're talking this is like back in 2005 2006 and it's like dang she has been around that long yet she's still so young and then it's because she got obviously got started young but you know yeah, no, she's been around forever, but, you know, she's such a great artist, and especially with her songwriting, I think it just has inspired so many up-and-coming female artists as well, 
Mm-hmm. Like we all look at her and think, okay, well, she's writing about her personal life and I can as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. <she's> <laughs> that, is, that is very true, you know. Um, but is that, ooh, oh, what's coming on? That's your new single. That's funny. I was looking at something. Oh, <laughs> um, right, let's use that as a transition. So you got a, a new single coming, or that's already out. It came out the end of May, correct? Yeah, it did. Uh, what day? Today's the <laughs> June 9th. Yeah. Yes, it did yeah. come out end of May. <laughs> I just lost track of time. <laughs> oh, I mean, that pen, this pandemic will do that to you. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I've definitely found myself waking up on Sunday morning thinking it's Monday morning and I got to get ready to go to work. And, you know, because I'm working yeah. from home right now. So it's like, oh, there's really no difference between a weekday and a weekend for me. So I'll definitely wake up like on a Sunday morning. And it's like, all right, well, let me go, go to work. And, and then I look at my computer. It's like, no, nope, it's Sunday. I don't need to be here right now, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. Every day just kind of merged into one at the moment. You don't know what day it is. <laughs> yep. uh, but before, actually, before we get into your uh, new single here, uh, how's the everything been going for you with the pandemic and how have you kind of been dealing with all that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been a really big adjustment. Like as a musician, you know, I went from having all these gigs booked to then having everything cancelled. And obviously everyone's in the exact same position, but I've been able to do live streams for the first time and I've never actually considered doing live streams before. So it was actually really scary and I found myself getting more nervous doing the live streams than I would for a normal gig. Mm -hmm. But it's just been so much fun, to be honest. And I do think that I've actually managed to get myself out to more people than I would have if I was just gigging, you know, where I normally do. So it's been really interesting. And I think once this whole thing has blown over, I think I'll still continue to do live streams because it does just connect you with like a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I do agree. Like there, there's definitely something different about the live streams because like we did back when everything first started, we did like a virtual music festival working with independent acts, trying to help them get out there and what have you. And there was a couple of times where we'd bring an artist on and you could tell that they've never done a live stream before because they'll sit there and play and then there's like this really awkward pause at the end of the song because they're waiting for a response of some sort yeah and so that <laughs> they'll just sit there for 30 seconds of silence and i'm like oh should i jump on and say yay or something and then okay. you know so they're sitting there waiting for that response and not knowing what to do but then as the show went on they started like realizing okay well I'm not going to get a response I need to just kind of either roll into the next song or start talking or whatever you know yeah no it can be quite awkward for like the first few live streams I mean for me my parents were standing outside the room and so when I did finish a song, they just clap. <laughs> so it felt like, okay, I do have an audience. <laughs> it's just yeah. my parents. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, you get used to them and it's fine. Yeah. You know, is I remember there's a one musician, she had a similar situation where she was doing her performance and, like, her set really needs that energy of the crowd. So it was really awkward. But luckily, she had, like, two or three roommates sitting off to the side of the camera <laughs> that would just start cheering as soon as she finished a song. And then like during the middle of the set, she's like, you know, 
thank you for the three of you because I'd probably be really lost right now if I didn't have the three <laughs> of you at least cheering or something, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's good to have that. <laughs> um so you've been doing the your the 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 pandemic kind of forced you to jump into live streaming and you hadn't done it before. Correct? Yeah, so I've yeah, I've never done that before until now. So it's been really interesting. But as I said, I'm definitely going to continue doing live streams now because it does open you up to like a new audience. And mm -hmm. I have a load of new likes on my Facebook page now from people that I wouldn't have actually seen at a gig because maybe they're up north and I'm down south. So yeah. it's been really interesting. Yeah. And another thing to consider, because I was talking to uh, this lady, Devin O'Day, she's from Nashville. She's like a sing or she's like a songwriter and does all kinds of cool things. She's like a her main thing is she's a radio DJ down in Nashville. Um, right. And she was talking about how artists should start live streaming their actual sets. So like when the pandemic ends, just to kind of keep the live stream go stream thing going um when you're at a show or you're doing a set just setting your phone up in the corner and live streaming that because yeah. so you'll you'll get the attention of like everybody that's there but then it also brings awareness to the people that can't be there whether for the reasons you mentioned they don't live in the area or for whatever reason so yeah yeah that's yeah. a good idea Maybe I'll start doing that as well. Because, <laughs> I mean, even for that, it doesn't take anything more than your phone. So it's like no, you're, you're yeah. not supposed to be on your phone during the set anyway. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I have to teach my parents how to use Facebook Live now. <laughs> okay. That's the next step. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but let, let's talk about your uh, new single. Uh, it's called Jessica, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, what, what's kind of the story behind that? Or this so I, I wrote Jessica last summer and I think, you know, the, the song is pretty like self-explanatory really. And I always write from personal experience or maybe things that my friends told me and my friends have gone through. And so I wrote this song just about falling for somebody that you shouldn't have and you feel really guilty about it. And maybe you're treading on someone else's toes in the process or you know some people listen to the song and they're like oh so it's about you know a couple breaking up and then another person sweep sweeping in so I guess it can kind of mean really anything but for me that's why I wrote it it's about being in an awkward love triangle I'm not mm. sure what to do about it gotcha and uh how long ago did you write the song how long ago did you record it you know how long has it kind of been in the works so I wrote this song, I think it was last June now. So it's been about a year. And I ended up recording this late September because we went over to Nashville. Mm. And we, we go to Nashville pretty regularly, like every year to do some recording. And I think all my songs that are up on my Spotify, I think all of them apart from a couple, they've all been recorded in Nashville. And so Jessica was done over there. And then we ended up, uh, doing a road trip down to Memphis okay. to film a music video for it. Oh, nice. So that's where I do my music videos, and that was just so much fun. So you guys can check that out as well on my YouTube. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I saw the, um, like, I guess it was like a behind-the-scenes thing on your 
Facebook page or no, it was just a photo of. Yeah. 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 Um, oh. So you shot, you shot, you recorded it in Nashville and then you drove down to Memphis and shot the music video. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. How often have you, or you go to Nashville, you said you go to Nashville about once a year, but how long have you been going to Nashville? So the first time we went there, I think I was about 13. And mm-hmm. um, that was because, you know, as I said, I got into country music when I was around eight and listening to Shania Twain and Dolly Parton and Taylor Swift and Dixie Chicks, they all mentioned Nashville as the place to go if you want to be a country singer. And so I really begged my parents for, I think, about four years to take me there. And then we went when I was 13. And yeah, we've been back almost every year since. And the first time I actually recorded over there, I was 16. And then we just kept doing that as well. And because we do go to Memphis regularly as well, we've made some friends over there. And my friend Brad Matthews, he's always so kind and he always gives up time in his day to film a video for me. And it's just been a lot of fun. It's funny how everything kind of works out, you know. Nice. Yeah, and it's also really cool because Memphis really isn't that far from Nashville. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's an easy drive. Um, now is the hope to one day relocate full time to Nashville or do you like just going over there once in a while, just once in a while and like recording? I don't really know. I feel like if you asked me that a couple of years ago, (laughs) I would have said, yes, definitely. Absolutely. Would love to move to Nashville. But now having gone to Memphis and, you know, back in January as well, I went to California for the first time to do some recording over there. And going to these different places that I never thought about going before because my sights were always set on Nashville it kind of opened my eyes a little bit so I don't know if I'd want to move to Nashville straight away someday I would Hmm. but at the moment I just love visiting new places and trying things out okay cool you know and Nashville definitely is a really cool place uh it's like I, I don't obviously I don't live there. I live out in the middle of Texas, but like I definitely see the appeal for a country artist. But like you'd mentioned, when all you when you kind of experience other places, it's like, oh wait, maybe Nashville isn't the right place, and you won't know until you kind of yeah. kind of go out and experience all these other. Now that being said, you're not going to be able to go everywhere, so you're going to kind of have to be like vigilant yeah. in where you choose to go but you know yeah I, I completely understand that yeah. but I could definitely see the draw of Nashville just because it's like the music capital of the war or music city you know all the yeah. um, the names that it has nicknames that it has so yeah. have you had the opportunity to like play a show in Nashville at all or do you primarily just go there to record Yes, so I have played a few gigs over there in Nashville. Uh, I think I've played at, have you have you heard of a place called Richard's Cafe? Uh, it's come up a couple of times, but I wouldn't know like where it's at or anything, so. Yeah, well, that was a really cool place. And, you know, what I love about Nashville is the fact that they have so many songwriter venues and Richard's Cafe was sort of one of those. And also a place called Kimbrough's Cafe in Franklin. Um, that's just an amazing place to go. But yeah, I love that. And same in Memphis as well. You know, I play a few gigs over there because they have so many songwriters and I just mm. love it because I don't yeah. have that over here really. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been great. 
yeah, it's um like definitely I've never been to Memphis. Like I've just never been able to stop. But just like hearing people talk about it, it's like if if you don't really want to move to Nashville, Memphis isn't a bad second choice because like it's not far from Nashville. Memphis has got its own scene. Like it's a little bit more blues influenced, but Memphis has definitely got its own scene, its own thing going on. So if you're not a hundred percent sold on Nashville, maybe check out, check out Memphis. Cause you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Memphis for me, I think even though I've been going to Nashville a little bit longer than I've been going to Memphis, I definitely feel like there's such a great community in Memphis and they really do want to support you. And like just being out there for a week, you know, my friends will set me up with so many gigs over there. And in Nashville, it's more competitive, you know, which isn't a bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. But Memphis, it's just got a different vibe to it. And it's really a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend Memphis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what what do you do or what do you do for fun? Like when you're not playing music, what, what's kind of your thing you like to do to escape? Um, when I'm not playing music, I, well, I'm usually in uni, but obviously not at the moment. Yeah. But when I am in uni, I always hang out with my best friend, Meg. <laughs> so if Meg's listening to this, you know, shout out to her. And we just always go and grab a coffee. That's our thing. We just have to go grab a coffee wherever we go. And what else do I do? I like, I like being crafty. I'm not good at it, but I like scrapbooking, which sounds kind of lame, but <laughs> I love that. So that's what I try to do. <laughs> hey, as long as you're having fun and enjoy it, it's not lame. Not lame at all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do you, like, that's interesting, though, because that's... Uh, what what got you into scrapbooking like that's like it's interesting because that's something that my mom enjoys to do and I look at it and it's like I don't really see the enjoyment in it but you know it's not my thing so like what what got you into that um you know I just I love taking photographs you know of my friends and when we're out places I love doing that and I have so many like pictures hanging up in my bedroom I just I just love photos and photo albums and my mom has like a million that all stacked over here. Mm. So I just, I love doing that. I love just having my photos and then making it look all pretty and sparkly and <laughs> glittery. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of why I do it. <laughs> and yeah, I, I completely, I completely get that. You know, it's, it's cool to have another outlet that isn't music. You know, I, that's, yeah, that, that was a, so one of the things that we really like to do on live and amplified is give younger musicians advice like just make sure that if they're start just right especially for like musicians that are just starting out so i want to take the next little bit and kind of run down that alleyway I, i um so what advice do you have for younger musicians that are looking to just get started in music um For me, I think it would be to do with social media um, because, you know, being a musician these days, everyone seems to think that having social media makes it a lot easier for us when really I think it makes it a lot harder because Mm -hmm. there are so many amazing musicians out there on Instagram and on Facebook 
and you have to post all the time. You have to upload new content all the time to get yourself heard and to get yourself seen. And I think that would be my advice for younger artists coming through because, you know, from my personal experience, I've been in uni for two years now and a few people that I've met from, you know, maybe I work with them or maybe I've just passed them once or twice. They have a real bitter outlook on social media. And they're like, if you post every day, that's called spamming. No one's going to take you seriously. That's unprofessional. People are going to think you're a joke. And it really took a hit to my self-esteem because I thought I was doing everything wrong. But, you know, looking back now, and even with this whole pandemic being in lockdown, I'm thinking about it and, you know, I'm live streaming all the time. Social media is not a bad thing. And just don't let anybody tell you that you shouldn't be doing that. Don't let anyone make you feel like it's uncool to do Mm -hmm. that. Because people will. And I, the thing about social media is there is that balance where, you know, you have to kind of put insight into what you're posting. Because if you're just posting links to your music all day, every day, then yeah, yeah nobody's going to take you seriously. But yeah. if you're putting out content that has like depth to it and substance and engagement, it, yeah. that that's not the case like if you have the ability to sit here and post post the most in-depth thoughtful engaging post like just run through like a bunch of those every single day then mm-hmm. people are going to notice that and yeah so yeah i, I think it's all I mean, about the yeah i mean for me like i've just been using this time in lockdown to think about how i can make my post more engaging And, you know, I recently posted, like, a photo of one of my diary entries because, you know, I I keep a journal because of everything I do, and I think it's really cool to look back on it. And I just posted a little photo of that because I was talking about Jessica, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was such an interesting thing to upload. And, you know, just things like that. People want to know you. People want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice for younger artists is just carry on doing that. You know, you have to show that you're different somehow and you have to let people get to hear of you and recognize your name because mm-hmm. then you want me to do that <laughs> yep and that's the only way they're going to be able to connect with you is if they start to know who you are like yeah you, you look at any of the younger musicians that are out right now that are have some sort of longevity it's because fans were able to find something to relate to them about and like okay i want to invest my time mm-hmm. money and energy into following this person and listening to what they have to say yeah exactly it's all about that and on a side note happy belated birthday i just saw when your birthday was (laughs) it's one day before mine so oh my god wait you're the 31st of may yep that's my dad's birthday no way happy birthday to you as well (laughs) thank you i'm a little bit older than you are but you know that I, i i was looking at your page and for whatever reason, before we jumped on here, I saw that and I was like, oh, she created her Facebook page on May 30th. Okay, cool. And then I looked <laughs> at it again and I'm like, no, that says born on May 30th. Hold on a minute. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's yeah, the, the little little side tangent. Um, So oh. what was the 
experience like for you recording Jessica? Was this the first time that you actually got to step in the studio or had you recorded like professional stuff prior? Yeah, so I've been recording since I was about 15 and, you know, I've been lucky enough to record in a lot of different places. So, you know, in Wales and the UK and uh, Salisbury as well and Ringwood. And the first time I recorded over in Nashville, I was 16. And it was the same studio that I recorded Jessica in. And it is so intimidating because you have all these session musicians come in who have worked with people like Taylor Swift and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and all these people that I just loved growing up. And having them play on my song was really insane. But it's so interesting to see how Nashville works, you know, in a recording studio they do it so quickly. Like mm. they get everything done within six hours. And it's like, mm. what on earth? I've never experienced that before. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an amazing experience. It was. Definitely in Nashville, they operate on a different level because they, if they're a session or a studio musician or a session musician, they do this every day. They're going to, they're going to get it done for you. Yeah, so. exactly. It's so cool though. Yeah. So, um, what was kind of what why did you choose Jessica as your ne- as your next single when you were sitting down like thinking okay I'm ready to record why was this your next single to release or record Well the funny thing is about Jessica like when I wrote it I played it to my parents and I always play my new songs to my parents and after I played it we all just looked at each other and we were like that song is never leaving this house <laughs> and I was like <laughs> so personal no way it's ever going to get released but then when we knew we were going to go back to Nashville and we knew I was going to be recording I just kept coming back to the song because I thought it was such an interesting single choice to be honest like you know compared to my other singles they've all been quite upbeat and quite pop as well and this song to me is such a classic country song you could only record that in Nashville and pull it off Mm. so we ended up choosing that one and we also recorded another song whilst I was there which will be the next single which I'm really excited about (laughs) nice nice. uh was there any ever any worry about not being able to release Jessica when you wanted to because of the pandemic uh well not really because I actually released um a single back in March I think it was early March and that was the one I was really worried about because for the first time I was having a single release launch in Bath and mm. I go to Union Bath, so that's why I chose Bath. And it was literally, I think, a week before we went on lockdown. And that was really nerve-wracking for me because I spent months trying to plan this gig. So that was the one I was worried about, but it we pulled it off and we did it and it was a really, really fun night. And then once we were on lockdown, I knew I was going to release Jessica end of May and I wasn't really that bothered about, you know, throwing some release party or anything like that because this just didn't seem like the song to do that with. And as I said before, with live streaming, I'm getting myself out to a whole new audience and now they're hearing of Jessica. And I think this has been the song that's had the most recognition in a way because of this. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, so is the plan to just continue doing singles for now or are you building towards like an EP or an LP? What's kind of the plan right now? I'm not really too sure. I think at the moment it's still singles, 
because even though I'd love to do an LP, like a full-on album, because I think there's something really special about making one like that, I don't really think these days people do listen to albums as much as they used to, even though I do. I always listen to the album. Mm. I know, like, in this day and age, a lot of people don't, and especially for an upcoming artist, I don't want any of my songs to get lost and not to be heard because people didn't listen to the whole record. Mm. So at the moment, I still want to do singles, and maybe at some point I could expand to an EP and try something like that, but no plans at the moment. Okay, cool. You know, and I definitely think that... It just really depends on the musician as far as like what works. Cause like there are definitely musicians where they just have the ability to continually writing enough songs to knock out EP or LPs on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they, they are, they just have that ability to once a year, just do LPs. Like they, they can just knock those out. But there, there's something to be said for somebody that can do singles, let's say once a month or once every other month, you know, just continually releasing singles because you're playing to the algorithm of Spotify, iTunes and like all the streaming platforms because, okay, you release a single, it gains some traction on Spotify and then on top of that, you release a second single. And so then you're just kind of building off the success of the previous one. Whereas if you release like a full album, it's like your entire shot at once. Whereas if you're doing like the single, 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 you're spreading it out over the course of a year, two years, or however long you can maintain, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it kind of harkens back to the, old days where they would release three singles and then an album so it's like okay they use the three singles to promote the album so it's one two three album but now they have to just do single 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 and they could still drop the album like once they get to a point where they've released enough singles that they have an album but like they just need like there's definitely something to be said for the idea of just doing singles yeah sure yeah I mean I I know like some of my favorite artists I think Sam Hunt he released an album recently and I I don't know how many songs are on that album I can't remember but I think most of them had already been released so I think there was only about three or four new tracks on there and I thought that's so interesting that that's kind of the way it's gone now you know you want to release as many songs as you can before actually releasing the album and there's not many new tracks on that now Mm -hmm. i guess yeah because i've definitely been in that i've seen that play out too where they release an album and there's no new songs on it it's like all stuff that i've heard for the last year and it's like yo why did i buy this like i've already heard every one of these (laughs) but you know it's it's all about what you want to try and accomplish in your musical career and there's something to be said for both ways of doing it. Like I'm definitely more along your lines. Like I enjoy that. Like I remember as a kid going to the store and buying the fresh new release and having that CD in my hand. And it's like, okay, this is awesome. And not so much anymore, just because 
going to the store is not something that I could like readily do because of the pandemic. But like, yeah. I just remember back in the day, like the album and like, even now it's more vinyl. So like, I'll go to a, go online now and pre-order somebody's vinyl, like, cause vinyl is making such a huge comeback right now. And it's like, Yo, I'm going to listen to their stuff on Spotify regardless, but just having that hard copy of vinyl in my hand. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there's something to be said for it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, do you, have you thought about like exper or experimenting vinyl once you get to that point? Is that something that you'd like to do or do you not have the attachment to vinyl? Like, Oh, I would love to do that because I I have a record player and I have all my mum's like old records and everything and my dad's and I just I love it. I feel like when you play a vinyl, it sounds different to the CD. I don't know why. It's just something about it. It sounds I can't even like describe it. Mm -hmm. So you know, if the opportunity ever came up and I could like put my music on a vinyl, that would be that would be a dream come true to be honest. That'd be so amazing. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and I think it's just more of a nostalgia thing, honestly, because I like I have a few vinyls that I've barely taken out of the sleeve and I've barely used. And it's like, yo, this is already scratched. What happened? You know, like, it, I don't know. It. I think it's just for me, it's more of a nostalgia thing. And just mm -hmm. having the hard copy in hand is probably mm -hmm. more of what I'm attracted to about it. So, yeah. Um, but so obviously with like the whole state of the world and everything going on, nobody's playing any shows anywhere. How are things looking by you in the UK? Are they starting to open up and shows are starting to play or like, it's been a little while since I've talked to somebody from the UK. So I'm really curious right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's still no shows happening at all. I don't think we'll be able to, go out and perform for a really long time actually I think you know I'm on a music course so I go back in September and even that's really up in the air like they're saying we'll have half of our course online mm -hmm. and the other half like obviously going into uni but that's just going to be really difficult because I'm on a performance course so mm. how am I supposed to do that online and we don't even know about gigs like we were supposed to put on a tour for one of our modules and with everything going on we had to do a virtual tour instead which was interesting but yeah nothing's happening at the moment at all nothing a virtual tour that sounds <laughs> like I, i've seen bands try and just play like on zoom or something and it's Okay, that, that's going to be really interesting how that plays out. Uh, it's going to be difficult with Zoom because I don't think Zoom is actually um, that great for live performances, I don't think. That's what I've it, heard. It, if, you're, if you're doing like a solo acoustic deal using it as a live streaming platform, it's not, uh, it's not, the, worst, it's not the worst platform out there. But if it's like trying to get an entire band together and they're all in different areas. So it's like a zoom room of like 10 or 12 people. Uh, that's going to get messy because, um, because there's like a natural, like 
quarter of a second delay. And so mm-hmm. like whoever starts is going to be a quarter second of a- ahead of everyone else. And if, you know, if there's even a longer delay, like just list, like just the questions that I ask and seeing how long it takes for you to respond, like even between you and I, there's a two or three second delay. And that can be anything from the weather to my internet being bogged down because everybody else is on there. You know, it could be any number of things. But like, so if you're a band trying to do like a practice remotely, it's going to get messy because it's like, you know, there's a natural like quarter second delay. (laughs) But then you also have to take into account everything else you know yeah I get that that does sound very stressful (laughs) but yeah I mean I've seen some people do that thing where they just record separately and Mm -hmm. like they put it together which I think is kind of cool but then I guess that's not a live not a live gig (laughs) yeah no I mean we're definitely starting to experiment with that just because we do we do like I don't, I don't know how familiar with our platform you are, but um, so other than the podcast, we do like live performance recordings. So oh, like, yeah. Yeah. so we'll, we'll do like for a while there, I was bringing people into the apartment and we were just doing like solo acoustic sets, which mm-hmm. it's super easy for me to do by myself. But if anything over that, I need to bring the rest of the team in. And with the lockdown, I haven't been able to do that. Um, but like just even trying to do that on zoom has been crazy because it's like, okay, we're, we're doing this for a podcast for content and just like the audio quality isn't there. So it's like somebody's performing and then zoom has this feature where it tries to keep everything level. And so like, yeah. maybe it'll EQ out the guitar because it's so low or EQ out the voice, you know, compress out yeah. the voice. And so it's just like, okay. And luckily I found a way to kind of go in and turn all that stuff off, but there's still a natural compression of the internet where the internet compresses everything. And it's like, yeah, yeah I really don't want to do this anymore. Like do it via Zoom anymore because it just sounds like, yeah. have you ever heard a guitar play where all you can hear is like the high notes of the guitar. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like they're they're sitting there singing and they can only sit in a certain range singing. And then while they're playing the guitar, it's like, Oh, I can hear them plucking the strings, but I can't hear what (laughs) note they're playing. So in theory, it sounds good, you know? Yeah. It's one of those one of those things where it's just like we we need to get back out in person so one of the things we started looking at was doing the multi recordings like having somebody lay down a pace track and then we'll reach out to somebody else it's like hey you want to do this cover of rage against the machine or just like something really crazy like that and (laughs) yeah so we're working on that it's a little late in the game but hopefully by the time uh by the time we get those rolling, we'll be good to go. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, who are you listening to right now? Like, who are some musicians that you're really, like, drawn to outside of Taylor Swift? <laughs> like, that's just, like, uh, 
current and yeah well i'm a huge fan of casey musgraves i just i've been listening to her since i was about 13 and i actually heard of her because of us going to nashville for the first time and ever since then i've just been a massive fan of her and her songwriting and i do think like with her songwriting it's really inspired me to not be so worried about being too vulnerable if that makes sense because she just says it as it is in her songs you know and I think that's really amazing and so she's really inspired me a lot and she's definitely the person that I look up to a lot these days awesome and are you doing any like with everybody having a lot more free time right now um are you doing anything to kind of challenge yourself musically um oh well am i i don't even you know at the moment live streaming that is my challenge <laughs> just trying to get everything right um what else am i really doing at the moment are like are I mean, you ex- are you drawing like influences from new genres or trying to incorporate like a new sound or yeah i think at the moment i'm i'm sort of just doing what i've always done like i'm still just writing the way i write and I've been listening to a lot more new music that I haven't really thought about listening to before. And I'm definitely really inspired by like the eighties and seventies music. Mm. And so I guess maybe once this whole lockdown's over and I get to record again, maybe I'll start incorporating some of that into my new stuff. (laughs) Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Cause it's like, it, it's really interesting just hearing all these people because like a lot of musicians are a hundred percent full-time musicians and this lockdown has just been destroying them because they haven't been able to make any money you know that they, they're just like hurting really bad and, and so like they they kind of turn to their music as okay they they kind of take on this new mindset that all right I know I'm not going to be able to make any money for the next set of time. So I need to really focus in on my craft and make sure that one, get all my ducks in a row. So once this thing lifts, I can hit the ground running and have a bunch of new music and just be ready to go. And so like, whether that means they've just been writing and they have their own recording studio. So they've been writing and recording or if they've just been writing or like whatever it is, you know, um, is there, obviously the live streaming has been helping keeping you fresh for your shows, but is there anything else that you're doing to kind of make sure that once the ban or the isolation or the stay at home order is lifted, that you can kind of hit the ground running? Yes, I'm planning on going back into the recording studio at the end of this month because I I think by then we'll be allowed to like kind of mix with people, just, you know, obviously you have to be cautious and all that stuff. So I'm going to be doing that, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, hopefully, like, I'm still in contact with people from like California that I met back in January. So I'm hoping to continue doing some stuff with them even though obviously i'm here Mm. and that's sort of it at the moment i also do really want to start up a band i do have a band in uni at the moment but obviously being in uni once it's summer you guys all go back home so i want to have a band in my area where you know we can tour together throughout even the summer 
and I don't have to worry about the fact that they live three hours away. So I have those things in mind at the moment, but I guess, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I got you. That that actually was going to be my next question was where, where did you see yourself? Where do you see yourself going musically? Is it the hope to have like a band or you kind of like doing like the solo acoustic stuff and then bringing in session people? But the fact that your hope is to have a band, that's really cool. Like, do do you, as of right now, do you primarily do when you're doing live shows, is it pretty much solo acoustic stuff? Is that how it currently works for you? Yeah, so at the moment, it's kind of been a bit all over the place because I do like trying new things out with different people that I haven't worked with before. But I do have a band in uni, which um, we do obviously like the bigger gigs like together. Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's a lot of little venues around Bath. And so usually I'll just ask, you know, maybe a guitarist to come and play with me and then we'll have two guitars that they'll be playing, I'll be playing. And you know, the main thing for me is just to step away from the guitar because, you know, I've been playing it for 10 years now and it's always just been me and my guitar. But I think it's important to stretch yourself and to back away. And I want to be a performer as well. So I don't want to be like stuck behind something all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I've been doing. You know, I do have a band, but I also do things acoustically with other people as well. Cool. Do you... So you primary or you play your own guitar. Um, have you tried to learn any other instruments or is it always just been guitar and that's all you ever really want to play? I do actually play piano as well. Okay. Um, I've been playing piano since I was about seven or eight. Okay. I'm not very good at it though, but you know, <laughs> I can play it kind of. But I would love to actually get more into that again because I think it's so important to be able to play different instruments and you know, to be able to sit on a piano and just play something. I think that's amazing. So I, I will say there is something about being able to play a piano. Like when you go out, there's been several situations where we'll, me and some friends will be out in the middle and out in public somewhere and they'll have a piano sitting there and not being touched, not being used. And somebody that knows how to play will go on there and just start playing. Then they automatically like liven up the party and they become the life of the party so i've always been really fascinated like for a while there when i was like just watching nothing but youtube videos i would go and watch like the youtube videos where people would go into the middle of the subway that have like a piano and Mm -hmm. like just start playing and like they'd have a catchy title like the janners started playing the piano and yeah. shut the subway down you know like they put it like a really clickbaity title like that <laughs> um but i've already always been really fascinated by people that can play the piano and just their ability even though the piano is such a big instrument like you're not going to be able to just be able to wheel in a piano anywhere you go yeah but no. <laughs> There's a lot of places that still they just have a piano sitting there because for whatever reason and just having somebody have that ability to play, just jump on there and play, you know, it, it that's always really cool. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, the only thing I know off my heart is chopsticks. So maybe I could do that at the next party I'm at. <laughs> have you, so, but you, you do want to start getting more proficient at playing piano is that something you thought about doing during this pandemic or is it just 
you've been more worried about guitar and your new music? Yeah, I've tried to get back into it with this whole lockdown, but I just haven't been very motivated, to be honest. My mom's going to be watching this next door and she's going to be like, oh, see, I told you, you need to play piano. But um, yeah, no, I really just want to be able to play all of my songs on piano. And I can kind of do that. But, you know, I with guitar, you can stick a cap on and it's in a different key. And mm. so I'm all about trying to learn the different keys. So mm. I'm getting there slowly, but I'm more of a chord yeah i got you i completely no it's just funny because we're sitting here talking about a piano and there's a piano right behind you there is a piano right behind me <laughs> Good little I, backdrop. I, yeah <laughs> I, I was sitting here like oh she said she could play chopsticks let's have her play you know but then i was just like oh well, let's not do that um <laughs> so kind of moving forward you said you've got another single in the pipelines do you have a release date in mind for that or any information well, at the moment, what I'm going to try and do, I'm, I want to do something different with the single because I was talking to one of my friends who actually recorded one of my songs back up, which is also on my Spotify. And that's the song I released before Jessica. And we were talking and he was like, he's, uh, throughout this lockdown, he's kind of been trying to learn more about Spotify. And he was giving me all this kind of advice. So I think we're going to go about it in a different way where... Yeah. You know, in order for people to get the single, they have to follow my Spotify first. Okay. Because, you know, these are the things that matter these days, apparently. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and do it that way. Actually, something that I've seen work really well is like the pre-save thing. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. the, the pre-sales, but they have to pre-save it in order to, I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how it works because the only thing I use Spotify for is to to release this podcast like it's our primary outlet to release the podcast on so but other than that like i really have no idea how spotify works me neither honestly i need so much help with it (laughs) um but do you really is it all primarily on spotify or do you release music like on itunes and other places as well yeah so all of my music should be on everything really itunes apple music Amazon Music as well. Oh. Spotify. So yeah, you can find it anywhere. Deezer. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yes, like, I think I am on that. <laughs> that that was the most random one because I remember myself like when I was a few years ago, I had a different cell phone plan, and their big thing was they were trying. They had a partnership with Deezer, and I had never oh. heard of it before. And so, like every like couple of months, they would message me as like hey, you should subscribe to Deezer and we'll give you this coupon code for a free three months or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm good. I've already got Spotify for free. You know, I'm not yeah. going to pay for Deezer. <laughs> and so then it, it kind of became a joke that I would make. And I was like, oh, hey, you want to go listen to Deezer? You know, because... It, <laughs> my friends would always see the the text message and like anytime I got it, be like, Hey, they're trying to sell me on some, some platform here. And, but now as I'm really starting to get into like talking more to a lot of independent musicians, it's like, no, Deezer is like a legit thing. And it's like, okay. So maybe I was just being, yeah. Yeah. So, so far, I don't really, I don't think I've ever listened or like used Deezer. 
but mm-hmm. you know I, I think my stuff is on there which is interesting but I wouldn't have known to be honest yeah. if people hadn't told me <laughs> are you using who are you using to like do all your distribution and stuff because I know you have to go to through like a distribution company who are you using to do that uh cd baby okay so that's been quite interesting but um with the whole pre-save thing actually i don't know how to do that on cd baby so if anyone's like listening to this and they actually know like if they could send me a message that'd be very helpful but yeah so i don't know if i'm going to continue using cd baby i love using that but in terms of pre-saving you have to kind of go for the distributor who does that so yeah I mean, I'm sure they have the ability to get that set up. Like, if they have the relationship with Spotify, I'm sure they're able to get that set up. Yeah, I just can't figure it out. (laughs) They don't make it easy for me. (laughs) What I do like about CD Baby, though, is that they still, or at least last time I was on there, they looked like they still really push, like, hard copies as well. And I think they do, like, a fulfillment thing for you if I was reading everything, cause like I try and go with, cause I get asked a lot about different things. And so I try and be as prepared for anything. So like anytime I hear of a new distribution platform that I've never heard of or some new thing, I try and go check it out and just like, see what it's all about. And mm-hmm. you know, the interesting thing about CD baby is they have like, this automatic fulfillment thing like that that's kind of cool it's very amazon-ish of them where, the, where they'll do like all your fulfillments for you um, yeah. and being somebody that doesn't like going to the post office you know it's <laughs> that's a really cool feature yeah but, that good. <laughs> so as we kind of um start working our way to the end of the podcast here it's been a great conversation i've really enjoyed it um so i just want to thank you for your time here but what do you hope people get out of Jessica? What, what's, what do you hope they take away from the song? Um, for me, I've always been the kind of songwriter that prides herself on being an open book. So if people take anything from this song, I would like it to be that, you know, it's okay to put yourself out there and to be honest, especially as a songwriter, you know, you can write about your feelings, you can write about your personal experiences, and people they're not gonna judge you for that like you know I've had such a really great response to Jessica and everyone's been so kind about it and this is a song I originally was never going to record and I was never going to release so yeah I just hope if any songwriters are listening to the song I hope they do take away that you know it's 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 strong to be vulnerable if that makes sense that's kind of what I'm going for that makes perfect sense (laughs) And then, like, the one last question that I like to ask, it's, why music? Oh, well, you know, I'm not too sure. (laughs) I think, you know, I've always loved music. And as I said earlier, I think, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a singer, even though I didn't know what kind of genre I wanted to be in. And I didn't know I wanted to be a songwriter. There's just something about being a performer I've always gravitated towards and so I've just always loved that and I love the adrenaline rush you get when you are performing to people so I think I just am addicted to that feeling and I love meeting new people along the way and that's why I think I've chosen to carry on with music 
Awesome. Awesome. And then uh, where can everybody find the new single once it releases? Where they, where can they find you on social media? All that fun stuff. Yeah, so I'm on everything. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and Spotify. And it's just my name. It's just me and Nichols. So yeah, go follow me and like my page and all that stuff. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And then do you have any... Obviously, all your shows up until now have been canceled, but did you have anything booked out that was like later in the year that you might still have a shot of getting played or is everything pretty much? Uh, I'm not too sure. I think there is a festival happening around August, but I don't know at the moment. I mean, I'm hoping that's still going ahead because it's in August, but that's at uh, this place. Whereabouts is it actually? I think it's around Ferndown. Or Windborn. So if anyone's in Ferndown or Windborn area, there's a festival called Potato Pants Festival, and mm. it's to raise money, which for a really great cause. So I'm hoping that's still going to continue, but you never know. If not, I think they're going to try and do something online. Mm. And if you follow me, I will be posting about that close to the time. Awesome, awesome. And is that something that you really like doing? Is playing at festivals? Yeah, I love playing at festivals. I mean, I think the first country music festival I ever played was up in Manchester a couple of years ago. And that was just so much fun. And to see like the fact that country music is getting bigger up north of all places, it was really, really cool to play festivals up there. And obviously down south as well, we have our own thing going on, but they're not as big on country music. But it's still so much fun to play. Cool, cool. Actually, that opens up an interesting question because I've never really thought about asking it. How's the um, country music scene different from where you're at to like northern, the northern UK or like, how's it kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, up north over the past, I'd say three or four years, it's just gone so popular up Mm. there, you know, especially in Manchester. And they do have their own country music festival called Buckle and Boots. And it's just become such a huge thing now that, you know, everyone does travel like far and wide to come to this festival. And down south, it's not as popular, but we still have our festivals. We have Country to Country Festival in London. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yep, I've heard of it. Yeah, and all the big stars like from like America, they come down, which is really, really cool. So, you know, there's still stuff going on in different parts of the country. But, you know, I think with the exception of London, Manchester is definitely very big for country music. Cool, cool. Awesome. And then um, hit them one more time with the uh, social media handles. Yeah, so it's just Nia Nichols on everything, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, just Nia Nichols. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Uh, Once again, I want to thank you so much for joining us, giving me the time, like, in the middle of the day for you on a, you know, so I really appreciate that. I want to thank, so thank you for that. Uh, Thank you everybody for tuning in and we will see you guys later. Yeah. Thank you for having me as well.